Mike one, Mike one. Isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America? Welcome to Did You America? Uh, this is uh, season two, episode. I feel like at this point we should probably start over with one. <laughs> this is episode one. We took a uh, we took an unplanned break. Apologies for the uh, the lack of episodes. And not only did we take an unplanned break, we weren't around for a minute, and then we posted something that we'd recorded about a week before. Yeah. So. Supply chain issues. Yeah, what else? They're affecting everyone. It's not our fault. This is what happens. China. This is what happens when you get a female president for five minutes. <laughs> it's all see. We should, this is why we couldn't have see? possibly elected Hillary. See? see, It would have been four to eight years of nothing but <laughs> supply chain issues. She'd have definitely cancelled this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're back. And uh, thank you. For uh, now. Uh, yeah, for waiting. <laughs> Did you, America? Uh, it's another episode. See, I've forgotten how to. I've lost my train of thought already. I forgot. Okay, what are we doing? Oh, the pissing lady. What did I used to do with my hands? Clap. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, producer, did you get that bit? See, we've literally. Normally, that's not in the main episode. We normally clap beforehand for technical reasons, but I've completely forgotten the structure of the podcast. I don't know how to do this. Where am I? Is this Essex, UK? I've missed you a lot, though. <laughs> I feel like it's been months. Because you've had no one to talk about piss with. No. Which is going to be a very, very big component of today's episode. We go away for a week, and all of a sudden, all the news is people pissing on each other. Well, let me tell you, Brass Against is my new favorite band, and if they're not your new favorite band, do a Google search for brass against pissing lady and you will be on board so you know what i was really upset about the most with this story is everyone at first was like what you know after they watched the absurd amount of urine that shot out of this woman on stage we'll get to that in a second but they were all like talking about how ridiculous it is that a band is just doing cover of metal songs with brass instruments Mm -hmm. and i kind of i have a weird confession to make I want to hear all music in brass instruments from now on. I love this band. Take away the pissing. I'm still listening. I've uh, I watched the video a few times, and uh, eventually I suddenly thought, oh, you know what? It doesn't sound bad. I can see why Tool liked them. Apparently, they're, they're supposed to be going out on the road with Tool. Right, I saw that. Yeah, I mean, although, you know, the singer from Tool always stands... By the drum riser, he's going to want to be elevated above the stage if the singer from Brass uh, Against keeps on doing our little peeing trick well, during why, the show. Why I mean, he's, can, you, can you imagine, like, the guy from uh, Tour is going to be like, oh my God, I slipped over on piss again. <laughs> yeah, all right, let's get into it. So, like, when this first, when the video first started showing up on the internet, like, I, you know, I would just see the headline. And it was like, female singer pisses all over audience member. And like, you know, I kind of figured it was you know, maybe she like peed on Peter Pants, like threw it on somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's a lot of situations where like you would think the peeing would have occurred. And none of those actually occurred because 
how this woman throughout the entirety of that show held this amount of urine inside of her. It was literally like someone took a bucket and dumped it on that guy's head. I am telling you that uh, when I watched the video, what Jeremy says is true. The sheer volume of liquid. So much pain. I mean, do you remember when it... What was the challenge for a charity where people threw ice buckets over their heads? This is the new one, the piss bucket challenge. <laughs> if you imagine, you know when all those people were throwing ice buckets over their head? If if they did that, but the buckets just kept on coming, <laughs> that was... I mean, so first of all, this notion that it was unplanned and, uh, you know, she just got caught up in the moment and she needed to use the bathroom... No, because the the most impressive thing about this show is the fact that she managed to be on stage for probably a good half an hour, as you said, with that much liquid inside of her moving around and singing. Because I watched some other videos, Brass Against Without the Piss, and you know that was their former band name. Yes, now they've just they've just just Brass Against. It's like like, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, uh, make a comparison with some. Someone who is, you know, no one wants to be compared with these days. But it's like Marilyn Manson Oi. used to be Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids, and then just became Marilyn Manson. Right, when Brass he added against, more piss. <laughs> Brass against without the piss. <laughs> Brass against. <Yeah>. So um, <laughs> it's a lot of piss. It's so much. So yeah, I was. Uh, I watched some of the the, the other videos, and um, you know, she puts in quite a vocal performance, and she there's there's a lot of um, moving around on stage. She looks like a uh, a very fit lady. So there's a lot of athleticism, not just with the pelvic muscles, involving a typical brass against show from before the piss. Uh, from 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 from, 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 from pre A A P P B post piss. A B A. Are you telling me B P before piss? P P post piss. B P. This is like the this is like Brass Against version of Before Christ yes. PC. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I think the pissing lady would prefer it if we compared her to Christ the Marilyn Manson. Yeah, yeah, makes better more idea. Sense, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, a lot, lot of athleticism. Whereas you see her on stage um, during the piss show, and uh, like you said, I've I- seen many of those. <laughs> I had no idea how she managed to move around because she was clearly uh, carrying so much water. Um, and so she she says that, you know, she has to relieve herself, asks for a willing fan, you know. And didn't the guy, like, have a bucket on his head or something? I think I read something that, like, the guy had a bucket on his head, and she was like, oh, I'm going to fill that bucket, mate. And then he was like, fill my fucking face bucket, and that's what happened. Um, I don't remember that bit. I read an article. Was it Buckethead from Guns N' Roses? Oh, he can't he get the word. He's like, oh, my God, Axel, fu- Axel preferred Slash. If you're not heard, Slash is fat. That's a Jeremy throwback I- from the feed. He's like, <laughs> they got the fat guitarist to replace me now. The only work I can get is the singer from Brass Against pissing I- on me. I think there was, like... the. Because it went. Start that rumor. It was Buckethead from Guns N' Roses. It was absolutely Buckethead. That's not even a rumor. That's a fact. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, go on. Well, I just, I remember hearing, like, there was something that led up to it. Like, it, she didn't just, like, pull someone out and be like, I have to pee so bad. This has to come out of me. Like, I think there was discussion, like, throughout the show. Like, maybe she mentioned it before. Like, she what, may like, pee on someone. Did, did, like, it's like she was in school and raised her hand and asked if she could go to the bathroom. And the crowd said, no, <laughs> you're not allowed to go. You're working. And she's like, all right, well, there's only one thing for it. Hang on. Is that Buckethead from Guns N' Roses I can see? You gotta love that kid in class that was so upset about not getting the hall pass they just pissed their pants. <laughs> and clearly she was that kid growing up. <laughs> yeah, that because she's made all these bullshit retractions that I don't believe at all. But maybe she could have said that it was, you know, that, that, that down to her upbringing. Right, like she's trying to come out now and be like, guys, I promise it was a one-time thing. The moment got the best of me. I'm not a shock act is what she keeps saying. But I... Why not lean into this? I mean, no one has paid attention to Brass Against until she peed all over that guy. This should become an every show staple. Look, I'm, I understand, like, oh, it might be, you know, she exposed herself and she urinated in public. It's all against the laws. And look, I'm not one to kink bash, nor am I really into piss. But there was something strangely erotic about that moment. And it made me want to go see one of these shows live. <laughs> I think I'm right in saying that the first, the opening scene of the TV show Billions is Paul Giamatti being pissed on. Yeah. He's in the brass again. As I said... (laughs) Clearly, you don't remember the soundtrack to that first episode. It was all brass instruments. The other thing is, look, brass instruments are awesome. Does does brass instruments set you off? You know, like if someone, you get like a, uh, someone whistles or you get like a dripping tap, it makes you want to pee, apparently. Do brass instruments set you off as well? That's how I am with, is a saxophone. Oh my God, there's a trumpet. I'm pissing myself. Is a saxophone a brass instrument? I think so, yeah. There is nothing more erotic in this world than a saxophone. I have a friend who reads, she's like a normal girl. You would never think anything like interesting. Like, you know, she has I was, these crazy- I was asking if it makes you piss yourself. You've just now tell you that like, piss is now erotica to you. I'm just saying brass instruments bring something was, out of you. I told her I if was, she was to just follow me around with a saxophone all day, she'd become my favorite person on earth. I'd have boners constantly. I was about to do a joke about the fact that Kenny G has to perform in a diaper. <laughs> and, uh, but... but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I ruined that joke. I, uh, oh, I think it still landed okay. quite well, even if I say so myself. I know Kenny G's cousin. I'm going to text Kenny G's cousin. Larry G. And say, no, Mark G, okay. actually. And say, hey, could you ask your cousin if it's true? Because there, there was some story that Kenny G only washes his hair once every three months or something. And my, my buddy's going to be, oh, don't ask. Uh, no, not about the hair, about the piss. Does it, <laughs> is it true? Oh, a new one. Is it, is it true? <laughs> that excessive trumpets and the like <laughs> make you piss yourself. P.S. Did you know that Buckethead's in Brass Incorporated? <laughs> it's like, you know, like they have the brown note, like when you hit a certain, when instruments can hit a certain note, it makes everyone poop their pants. Right. Clearly, it's not her fault. They hit the yellow note. <laughs> That should be the excuse she uses. I do take your point, though, that, uh, I mean, I had no idea that Brass Against um, was a thing. I'd never heard of them until this, but they're, they're getting a lot of attention. What I would really like now, though, is if the, the other members of the band start going like, oh, serious musicians. Do you know what it? Do you know what? Do you know what it takes to blow a trombone to rage against the machine? It's a lot of blowing. It's a <laughs> lot of blowing. I mean, what I don't, it's, it's just, I, we used to have a, um, 
This was a very short feature. This has literally just come back to me. I'd forgotten about this, but this is evoked an old feature. Now, I don't even remember. I can't claim that I invented this. I don't know where it came from. I might have stolen two separate ideas and put them together at one time. It was definitely during the days when I was drinking. But we did a very, very short-lived feature on a radio show I did in London, right? And it was called Saxophone Nans. Have I told you about this? I don't think so. <laughs> I came up with the notion one day that, isn't it funny if your nan plays the saxophone? Okay, and I like so, where this is going. <laughs> if you had a nan that played the saxophone. We used to get an old woman, interview her about being an old woman, right? And then I go, all right, have you got your instrument there? And she'd be like, oh, yes, Ian, yes, I do. And the cue for her to start playing was, all right, blow, sister. (laughs) And and then we'd have like Kenny G saxophone, but being played, and somehow it being theatre of the mind, because I would have just spoken to a woman who spoke like Betty White, clearly old, old, old. The idea that this same person was playing a saxophone on my request of, okay, blow, sister. <laughs> well, now we we know why all those old ladies are pissing themselves all the time. That's what They're I'm thinking. Wow. <laughs> Again, the yellow notes. No, someone needs to let science know. I already Call know. Call science. New, do you have science's number? Uh, I, I can't, do you think I've got everyone's number? I've just told you I've got Kenny G's cousin's number. I don't have science's number as well. Yes, 911, where's science? <laughs> We must let them know about the yellow notes. If New York producer is uh, uncomfortable with the uh, podcast title So Much Piss, we might just call it Saxophone. What about <laughs> the podcast today is called Saxophone Nans in parentheses So Much so Piss. Much piss. <laughs> <laughs> well, I found today's episode entertaining so far. What about you? I like it. Um, uh, let's say uh, that now in, uh, you know, the, the, for the sake of, uh, you know, being woke and uh, we welcome everyone from all backgrounds uh, doing everything. Let's uh, carry on with our roundup of uh, women in showbiz at the moment. We've had the pissing lady. Oh, so we're getting away from piss. We're getting away from piss. Can we? Can we at least let them know that we'll be back to piss? More piss later. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Uh, let's talk about Adele getting. Did she? Did she not? Does she not pee? I'm sure Adele at least pees sometimes. She's already fit. She's got that Keith Richards litter tray by the side of the stage. <laughs> okay. Well, again, by the way. This is a fact. I've been side of stage for Rolling Stones. Now, they're old, and clearly when you've done as much damage to your internal organs as Keith Richards, who knows whether he knows when he needs to go. And I, But he's aware of that, and so therefore he genuinely does have a litter box. By the I swear to you this is true. By the side of the Rolling Stones stage, where they have the monitor man who does their monitor sound, there is a litter box, and it's for Keith to piss in because he might get caught short during the show. Now, why not just put a bucket there? They do they like fill it up with like sand, like they would a kitty litter box. Because unlike the lady from um, Brass Against, Keith does not want to piss on stage, so therefore he doesn't drink an entire bottle of Jack Daniels before the entire show. Doesn't therefore need a, a bucket to piss in. He just needs a little tray. But is there? I understand that. 
is Plus, there also, sand in the tray? Think about the amount of think about the amount of coke that Keith Richards done. He's like nearly a hundred. Well, usually makes you poop. Well, yeah, but like his dick must be so shriveled. There's only so much that can come out in one go. <laughs> like, I mean, I just don't like. It's the first time I've ever visualized the anatomy of Keith Richards. But I'm thinking that even if it was previously big, when you've done that much coke for that period of time, it's shriveled. Let's let's be real. It's been a while since you've been to a Rolling Stone show. Keith is wearing diapers these days. There's he does not have the time to take the pants off and whip it out and actually go. Plus, he's gonna be standing there for like ten minutes. The solo's coming up. <laughs> yeah. You already well, know Mick is that's why he's moving like that. He has to pee the whole show. I guarantee you, he's now watching this brass against lady. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm doing all this cool, like, let me go out on the town and show people I'm young and hip and go into their local balls, bars when I could have just pissed all over someone's face. <laughs> Well, it is a problem for uh, older artists. I remember um, uh, going to see Neil Diamond before he retired. Peace. Uh, well, here's the thing. Well, yes, he does. But here's the thing, right? Neil Diamond, you know, a, a, a bunch of songs that take a lot of singing, and you know, great, one of the greatest voices in the history of pop music. I noticed that uh, on stage, he comes on. He's got this uh, glass of water. Right, and it's like a crystal glass, very expensive glass. Doesn't touch a sip, not a sip of water for the entire two hours of the show. And I remember having this conversation with Rob Halford from Judas Priest, also an elderly gentleman who has to sing songs that take a lot of singing, and saying, oh, I won't see Neil Diamond, can you believe? Got through a two hour set, he's got these crystal like glasses on stage. Rob Halford goes, well, you know, when you get to a certain age, you take one sip of water, that's it. You can't stop pissing. So it's like, you might never get through the show. It's like, it's a very difficult balancing act between having enough water to make sure you can hit those hard to reach notes, which get harder when you become a man of a certain age. But if you're a little bit too much water, that's it. You'd be pissing all night. <laughs> Neil Diamond would be like, sweet. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Hang on. You know the bomb, bomb, bomb bit. Can you extend it for a bit? I've just got to pee. Just, I'll, I'll tap. You know, I'll do the shakes with the bum bum bombs. I also just love how we totally were set to leave piss and talk about Adele. And- well, there's a lot of piss in this segment, <laughs> definitely. Adele, as far as I know, um, very much in control of her bodily functions. Okay. Um, so she lost the weight. Don't know. Well, she pissed it all away. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> yes. Perhaps she lived off stage with a cat litter tray just in case she got shot. Got, got shot. She's like, oh, t- fucking hell. Oh, I'll tell ya, I'm dropping so much weight, but it comes out of you every fucking which way. Sometimes I can't make it to the bathroom. And it's not because I'm big, because I ain't big no more. But, you know, sometimes you just got to let it go. <laughs> fucking hell. But I'll tell you what, I saw that fucking brass against bitch and I said, Jesus Christ, where did you put it all? <laughs> I used to be twice the size I was and I couldn't have that much water in me, Jesus Christ, woman. One day. I said she's been holding it in like a fucking hamster does with food. You're good. She got a piss pouch just for it. I said, that's not coming out of your vagina. That's a special effect. The worst thing that could ever happen to you is if <laughs> some, uh, I don't know, like sorcerer one day wants to put a curse on you and that curse will be you can only talk in your Adele accent for the rest of time. I do love Adele. The uh, the, the difference between her singing voice and her speaking voice is, I mean, that's just entertainment in 
in itself. She's got this. Well, I mean, I'm look. I don't listen to Adele's music, but I get that it's very good, and I think she's got an amazing voice. And I like the fact that she's been so successful, and you know, she does all her, all her own stuff. So it's not you know my type of music, but I I think it's great that she's she's very successful. But the juxtapose between that beautiful singing voice of an angel, fucking hell! <laughs> Did you see the piss coming out of her chaff? See, Fuck me! See, now you know how all of us feel whenever you talk. <laughs> so anyway, I said, listen, for fuck's sake, Spotify, I fucking made an album about my divorce and now you want to let these little fuckers play it all out of order. Take your fucking shuffle button off Spotify. Now, here's the thing with Adele, right? She can make Spotify do that because she holds all of the power within the music business because there's like Adele and maybe four other artists that still sell albums in the quantities of the heyday of the music industry when it made loads of money. So basically anything she wants done in the music business is going to be done for her. She probably didn't even send him an email. She just shouted like this from her house in the UK and said, take that shuffle button off or I'm not going to make another album and there'll be no music industry left because I'm single-handedly keeping it going. I got a conspiracy for you. Now, clearly, you know, Adele's going to make money off of, you know, the streaming and the concert sales Streaming, is that that a piss reference? Uh, Yes, (laughs) but... She, in the end, she, you literally just made me lose my train of thought with the piss comment. <laughs> Suddenly <laughs> we're back to piss. Up right back to piss. Ding. She, uh, you know, she clearly is trying to make people go back to a previous time and actually buy the CD so that they can just skip around to whatever songs they want. No, well, I don't think it's that. I think it's, um, I think any artist who releases new music would rather you go and buy their physical products because they make way more money out of I mean especially vinyl I mean you go to a record store around Dallas a new new vinyl album just a new album not a collectible thing is 35 or 40 dollars and if it's a a bigger album like a double or it's got some impressive packaging they'll charge you more so artists would prefer you buy physical products because that's going to make them way more money than if you if you stream it not a reference to piss but um I think in Adele's case, so yeah, she'd rather you buy the physical thing, but she is also like, I fucking poured my heart out about my divorce. There's a story. You play it in order, you fuckers. I... That's what she should have called the album. Play it in order, you fuckers. <laughs> why Why is like every album that's coming out right now about ex-boyfriends and getting divorced? Well, I don't know if you noticed this, but since the 1960s, uh, a lot of songs are written about love, Jeremy. No, I get that. But like, I feel like that's the only thing. Like, The two biggest stories right now are Adele and Taylor Swift redoing the album. And it's just like every song is about like just dudes being assholes. Um, Can we get one about the lady being an asshole? Oh, my God. I had a flashlight go off. <laughs> it's been a long time since we've recorded, you know? I'm not quite there. Setting off alarms and flashlights right. and everything. <laughs> um, no, I think, uh, I mean, the thing is with Adele, there was a rumor going around that she was going to be responsible for a vinyl shortage because there was so much demand for her album that anyone else who wanted to make any vinyl for about three months leading up to the release of the album, all the factories were like, closed, we're only doing business for Adele. And I think it's because, again, the music business is so fucked from streaming that when someone like Adele brings out an album that you know is guaranteed to sell in the millions like almost no other artists do, they just want to mass produce. And this is the thing, as I said, I'm no big fan, but credit to her for 
being as successful in an industry which has basically killed itself. I went to uh, Spinster Records in Bishop Arts here in Dallas um, last weekend, which was the few days after the Adele album came out, and they must have had about 100 copies of it in on vinyl, you know, and that just doesn't happen anymore. I mean, this is the same record store, let me tell you, that on the day Sinjitsu, the album of the decade, until I made and release a new album came out, I called up the record store because there was a four red vinyl version gatefold sleeve and they said yeah we got the Iron Maiden posters we haven't got the album what do do you think the ex-husband purchased the album did he get a free one or has he downloaded it illegally you know what I actually think the real reason that she wanted Spotify to remove the shuffle was because she knows that the ex-husband's going to be pouring over those lyrics like what for what and, and she's like he needs to hear it all in order. I don't want him to hear some sort of like happy ending from beginning to end. You're going to hear what you've done to me. Hasn't he dealt with enough? She's skinny now. <laughs> I mean, that has, that's the worst thing you could put a guy through. You leave and then you get skinny? That's the title of the last that's song. That's why I'm going to stay fat forever in case I ever get any form of success. I don't want to screw someone over and look good. <laughs> look at me now in parentheses. I'm skinny, you bastard. That's the final song. And the thing is, if they don't hear that as the final song, it don't make no sense, does it? She said. I feel like I'm Oprah right now. All right. Um, we have more stuff to come in part two, including new songs of the week. Uh, there's some Grateful Dead news. How about that? And uh, also uh, more piss. There's always more piss. Well, there wasn't until this week. And now, I mean, you know, we've got as much as that woman from Brass Against. We'll be back with the piss pod. All right, let's do uh, part two of today's edition of Did You America? Um, last time we did one, which was like a million years ago, there were some songs of the week. I've, I can't find the results. We're, we're going to say that I won. <laughs> okay. I now have three wins. <laughs> right. You guys loved... Um, hold on, let me go to my last I don't even know what you, what you chose. Smoking Out the Window by Silk Sonic. You guys loved it. You were all about it. You watched the American Music Awards last night. You were like, Silk Sonic, give them the dub. All right, um... Um, here are the three new ones, and I will get the poll on my Twitter for these, and we'll uh, follow the the the, uh, the voting and let you know the results next week. Uh, I am choosing uh, the new song by Tom Morello, uh, which is with a guy called Barnes Courtney, who's a singer from out of the UK, who's very good. Uh, the song is called Human. I am going with Summer Rain, the new song by Leon Bridges featuring Jasmine Sullivan. And a New York producer choosing Until I Come Home by Two Feet with Grandson. So Until I Come Home, Two Feet with Grandson, Summer Rain by Leon Bridges featuring Jasmine Sullivan or Human by Tom Morello with Barnes Courtney. Uh, vote on our website, didyouamerica.com. Or if you want to go to uh, the poll on my Twitter, you can um, vote for Song of the Week at Ian Camfield. All right. Um, you know what? I read this story about um, Martin Scorsese doing a, a Grateful Dead biopic, and it occurred to me that um, we never actually got a review of the Dead and Company gig that you went to, oh. which was probably about six weeks ago now. So I'm going to guess that you might have just about sobered up enough to remember something that happened at I, that show. I still see Jerry in a ton of colors, and you are a giant rabbit right now, sir. <laughs> no, it was an incredible show. The best part about, uh, well, you know, previously the Grateful Dead, now Dead and Company is 
It's literally just three hours of them. So, like, you know, there's no opening band. There's no, like, inter- you know, delay in between groups you have to wait through. They're just like, no, we're going to play three hours long. And right. whatever drugs you're on, you're going to be feeling them throughout this entire time. You're not going to have any lulls. Now, Dead and Company is one of the Grateful Dead, John Mayer it, and whoever else. So, it's John Mayer, Bob Weir, who's an original member, Two drummers who at different times were members of the Grateful Dead. Yes, they play with two drummers, a keyboard player who is a part of the Grateful Dead, and then a bass player who was not a part. So basically, it's three former members plus John Mayer and a bass player. But I don't, again, I've said this on the podcast before. I, you know, I, I like most things that are typically American, I'm, I'm very into, and the Grateful Dead, I just don't understand. So. This guy that's the legitimate original member, I, I know Bob him, Weir. Bob Weir. Right. That's a name that I'm familiar with. Yeah. The, now, these other people that you claim were at one point in The Grateful Dead, but for some reason don't have the same prominence of Bob Weir or, or, or Jerry well, Garcia, they're basically people that turned up and, and sold The Grateful Dead some acid at some point in the 70s or the <laughs> right, 80s, they right? Around. And they said, uh, hey, where did you get this? This stuff's really good. And, and they were like, you know, do you want to join the band? And the acid dealer went, I can't play any instruments. And they went, have you heard our music? You don't need to, man. We just like, when we tell you to start, start playing something. And when we tell you to stop, stop playing something. But bear in mind, the uh, the command to stop probably won't happen for a good 40 minutes. My, my favorite part about like, don't get me wrong. I love jam bands. I thought the show was incredible. Like there's, there's nothing better in my opinion than when like musicians can just show off their skills and solo out for, you know, five to 10 minutes. But there's certain points, and again, because their fan base is very acid and trippy, like they get down to, they slow the songs so much to where they're just like playing one chord and like making like really trippy noises. Because the guy can't play like, the instrument. He was an acid dealer in 1978 <laughs> and he's been in the band ever since. That's, that's the other hilarious part of their story. I really <laughs> hope that the Martin Scorsese movie gets into this because I, they've had a bunch of different lineups over the years, but at one point their original drummer left. They got another drummer. The original drummer then wanted to come back and like they were such lovable hippies that they're like, oh, well, we don't want to make that drummer mad. Well, let's just have two drummers. And they're not two drummers. Like they're playing different parts. They in sync play the exact same parts on the drum. It makes zero sense. Right, again, I think that's that's a bit of the story that's been rewritten for history. It's way more likely that they forgot they had a drummer, recruited a second drummer. <laughs> Guys, I'm still here. Yeah, and, and they, I mean, do they even, are they aware that they're playing with two drummers? John no. Mayer turned up, who's the only one who's got, like, any kind of sensibility around him. It's like, why have you got two drummers? And they're like, how much acid have you taken? We've got, what do you mean we've got two drummers? Yeah, the They've been seeing everything in double for years they've got no idea the other weird thing about this story is is like first of all martin scorsese is now all of a sudden claiming to be some deadhead we all know he's a rolling stones fan i haven't seen one grateful dead song in a montage of a crime movie right i mean i don't think uh you know what the grateful dead's connection with the stones is the grateful dead were the people who told the stones to use the hell's angels for security at altamont and we know how we know how good that idea was so they also let travis scott know how he should handle his business whatever So, yeah, I mean, if I was, uh, what's the guy's name who's actually a legitimate member? Bob Weir. Bob Weir. I would have been, has he been on the phone to Scorsese going, 
You know this is one movie you can't use Rolling Stones music in? Because that's what Scorsese does, right? <laughs> right. Every, every Scorsese movie is the same. The only thing that's different is which Rolling Stones songs he's going to use. There's a crime. Someone's <laughs> running for the crime. Someone play Gimme Shelter. <laughs> or another Rolling Stone song, <laughs> right? So, I, but you told me, and again, this makes me laugh because, and maybe it's just because I don't understand The Grateful Dead, but I do, you know... I stand by everything I've said so far. They're kind of ridiculous. And I find it even more ridiculous that you told me that some of their fans have been getting angry because Jonah Hill has been cast as Jerry Garcia. And apparently he's never been to a Grateful Dead show. Okay, so I don't know if it's that he's ever been to a Grateful Dead show or if that he just hasn't seen Jerry Garcia with the Grateful Dead, who died when he was 12. So... You know, Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill is basically the nickelback of actors. Like, everyone for some reason hates him, but no one really knows why. Like, you admit to being a nickelback fan. I will admit right here and right, right. now, I love Jonah Hill. Jonah I think Hill, the guy is an absolute talent. He's funny. Sure, he can be a little bit douchey sometimes, but his resume holds up. Jonah Hill's the one who's always like losing the weight and putting it back on yes. and losing the weight and putting that it back part on. I don't like stay fat forever. Right. Okay. But, yeah. Well, you know, he's, he was hanging out with uh, Brass. Gates and he's like got, got, got rid of a lot of water like, guys I'm not ready to pee like that just yet <laughs> I, you know so I uh, when I saw the headlines that Jonah Hill was gonna play Jerry Garcia is he fat again now then yeah he was gonna be Did for Jerry Garcia- no, okay, that's another thing I'm upset about actually this ruins my one chance at ever breaking into Hollywood. This was the role I was made for. We talk about the celebrities I look like all the time. There's not going to be a fat Walter Becker movie. There's not <laughs> going to be a skinny Leslie West movie. But there is a Jerry Garcia movie. And as long as I can have like a toupee on top, I look just like him. You do actually look. I'm looking identical to Jerry Garcia. <laughs> So now Jonah Hill stole that from me. So I text my friend. I'm like, oh, my God, this is awesome. He's also a big Jonah Hill fan. And he starts telling me, he's like, yeah, on some of the Deadhead pages, people are real upset because he's never been to one of the shows with Jerry. And all of a sudden, he starts sending me all these memes that they're creating, basically being like, fuck Jonah Hill. He doesn't know. Get a random guy who's singing in the front of the stage. He'd be great at the role. So hang on. You did the math on this, and you say that Jerry Garcia died when Jonah Hill was 12, yes. right? So here's the thing. Jonah Hill just needs to claim that uh, basically he is a Grateful Dead love child, that uh, that his parents fucked at a Grateful Dead show and he is the result of that. And then, and then there's some synergy between them and the Grateful Dead. Or him and the he Grateful just has Dead. to do what every deadhead has ever done. Just take a little bit of acid and start screaming, I see Jerry! And everyone will be like, he understands. Right, like the three drummers that they've got now that would just <laughs> right. happen to be their drug dealers. <laughs> That's how so, John Mayer stumbled onto the stage with them. He so, was like, screw the trio. Just to... Uh, uh, just to clarify, because this is a because uh, I realized that we didn't do a review of the Dead and Company show that you went to. To clarify, uh, you know what uh, my buddy told me some time ago, who was uh, playing in a Grateful Dead tribute band, um, that th- their hit. The one song that real deadheads don't like because it's a great pop song and is their one hit that's very unlike the rest of their work, Touch of Grey. To quote a man who I knew from a Grateful Dead tribute band, oh, we don't play Touch of Grey very often. And I go, oh, is that because, you know, Grateful Dead fans hate it? And he goes, no, it's because actually it's got a guitar solo in it that's really difficult to play. The rest of it, you can just play whatever and no one knows. So my thing was like... 
Do they play Touch of Grey or is the Dead and Company, even with John Mayer, not capable of playing the one song that's actually a decent song that apparently is too complicated for the Grateful Dead? Three hour show? Yeah. No Touch of Grey. <laughs> See? Not even not even that. No Truckin', which was another <laughs> huge song of theirs. Like they they made sure it, it, but it was it was a cool like they so they did the show in two parts. So the first part was all songs about women like it was eight songs in a row nothing about women i guess that was like it was right after the abortion bill passed like that was their like taxes were going to represent oh. women yeah a bunch of bs okay then they came back <laughs> they came i support that but like you know uh, just give me songs they, they you don't need to make a message with it then they well, came well, half back half an hour one song they came back doing a version of a song that i i'm actually had never heard before apparently it's like a blues standard that's from DFW called Deep Ellum Blues. So they did a 10 minute song and that made the crowd go absolutely nuts because we were in Deep Ellum during the show. Yeah, that's it. You're rationalizing all that's, this that's afterwards. That's all you so, need. No, no, you don't no, need Touch no, of Grey. They no, did the local no, song. No, 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 which you've never heard. Are you, so you, but so, it was awesome. No, no, you were off your tits. You've Googled all of this six weeks after the gig happened to try and remember what you saw. And you've been convinced that all of this actually took place. Again, they were playing who knows what. They couldn't even tell you. And then afterwards, they claimed that, oh yeah, we did 30 minutes again the abortion bill then we played a deep hell so, no 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 and you know the only the only musical decision that was made on stage at that Grateful Dead song was they John Mayer was probably in the sound check right with his guitar plugged in going bum bum ba dum 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 that's the start of a touch of great right and, and the fucking three drug dealers who are now the drummers said you can fuck off with your ability to play a guitar solo. We didn't ask you in the band to be a proper musician. We don't play that song. See, you're thinking of old school Grateful Dead. You got to remember, these guys are like 70. They're not on drugs anymore. I've seen Bob Weir. If you're telling me that is not a hippie on steroids, are you kidding me? The steroids don't get you fucked. All right, he's on drugs. He's not on those type of drugs. It was a fun show, but it definitely... Dude, the bloke from the, the one original member of the Grateful Dead looks like fucking Rambo. You're telling like the two key members, one of them's a fucking fat version of you and now dead and the other one looks like Rambo what are the chances of that and you're telling me that drugs aren't involved with both not for them but you should have seen the crowd at this show at one point when we were leaving I had to walk through what I can only describe as a hippie dance circle and I wish I wish there was a video element of this podcast so people could see because I showed you a few weeks ago what this was like it was literally just like balding sweaty old men shuffling back and forth but like very aggressively like not in a one two like in front of their own section like sprinting across a walkway going back and forth it was the grateful dead version of a wall of death it was the scariest (laughs) yet funniest and greatest thing i had ever walked through it was like a dirty hippie mosh pit and none of those hippies had any idea what song was being played and they're probably all in the band there was one guy so like you know how at concerts they always like the cameraman who was like you know for the big screens is gonna find like sexy women dancing in this crowd to like you know show them off they don't exist at Grateful Dead shows well they do there were some very attractive really instead the camera guy decided to focus on this one man who was probably 60 
280 pounds in the front row and he knew every word to every song <laughs> and even during like the solos like you could see him mouthing along like he's he's one of those guys who's been to every single Grateful Dead show ever and can like hear him be like oh yeah that's 74 Jerry's playing in San Fran on this track is it too late for me to start a new thing at Grateful Dead shows where uh, you know Leonard Skinner play Freebird I just start a touch of grey <laughs> you'd be the only one all right. Quick bit of piss news. Uh, right back to piss. I told you. We'd be back to piss. <laughs> Let's just do this quickly because it's an old story, but it's so good. R. Kelly, still in jail. <laughs> good. But with a cellmate who is writing a comic book about their adventures. Oh, God. Oh, this, this is the one thing better than Trapped in the Closet. You know, in previous episodes of this show, we've told you about the uh, gay comic book, Henry and Glenn Forever, which <laughs> which depicts Henry Rollins and Glenn Danzig, the singer of the Misfits, living in a gay relationship. Well, that comic book is about to have competition. I was going to say, are, are there some new neighbors moving in? I tell you, in... Uh, R. Kelly and Prison Rob? <laughs> In Glenn and Henry Forever, um, the neighbours are Hall and Oates. Not because Hall and Oates are gay, just because they seem very gay. <laughs> so it's funny right. that Hall and Oates. But yes, Hall and Oates isn't. Which one of Hall and Oates has got that construction show on the telly? One of them's got right. Am I think, I I think it's Hall. I think it's Daryl. Daryl Hall. Yeah. So if there's a new uh, Henry and Glenn Forever. Hall and Oates move out to a construction site because Daryl Hall is so into it, building a new house. And you're right, R. Kelly and Prison Rob move in next door. I feel like now these two comics are just having a race to see, like, who can get to the prison sex scene first. You know, like, there's going to be a shower sex scene. It's just a matter of if it's going to be the loving Glenn and Henry version or, you know, prison rape. <laughs> <laughs> or, but because They're it's R. Kelly, it. you know what that sex scene's going to involve? Yeah, the woman from... It's going to involve piss. The woman from Brass Against is going to come showing up. <laughs> Suddenly there's going to be a musical collaboration. You know, uh, like the one thing, like when I, you know, when I was a young teen, uh, Chappelle show was like the most important thing to me in my life mm -hmm. in middle school, the two years it was on. And I, you know, as a kid that wasn't, that was aware of music, but not like hardcore, like I had heard the name R. Kelly before, but I didn't really know who R. Kelly was. I was like, oh, I believe I can fly. Sure. When Dave Chappelle informed me that R. Kelly has an affinity for peeing on people and created the genius song piss song parody piss on you in the form of r kelly mm -hmm. it made r kelly become inexplicably my favorite musical artist of all time i you know no way do i support r kelly but solely based on the jokes of him loving to pee on people i gotta say i love r kelly music so in this uh, comic book that's going to be coming out uh, it depicts them doing yoga and aerobics together i mean that's what goes down in jail <laughs> It's modern, so instead of you know working out on the on the court and you know prison rape, you know yoga and <laughs> cuddling. All right, today's episode: two references to prison rape and a lot of piss. Yeah, that's kind of what we do. I should also mention oh, okay, real quick. Right, yeah. I just, as, as we're closing up on Arkell, I want to give a shout out to my former college roommate Karen, who as a 
very attractive 19-year-old girl knew every single word to Trapped in the Closet by R. Kelly. And to watch a 19-year-old white girl do the entire 30-minute, you know, uh, opera that is Trapped in the Closet, there is nothing better. I highly suggest you all find a friend like that. Or... If you're struggling with the idea that you were a big R. Kelly fan and it's not acceptable to like him anymore, maybe your friend could be like a tribute artist. Who's... Well, I don't like, I don't support him. You know, I no, just I know. I pee while I listen to the music. It's kind of like an ode to what it was originally about. <laughs> you pee to brass instruments, I pee to R. Kelly. That's the one difference between I us. I don't. It was just a theory that, to, <laughs> like, we need to run it. I'm going to run it past Kenny G's cousin. Again, all of these celebrities can get out of their troubles by just saying they accidentally hit the yellow note. They didn't mean to pee all over those people. <laughs> As a matter of fact, hold on. I got to call the courts real quick. <laughs> DigiAmerica.com is where you can talk to us, check out old episodes, vote for Song of the Week. Uh, you can also reach out on the socials on Twitter. I am Ian Camfield on Instagram, Camfield off the radio. Uh, Ian Camfield on Twitter is also where we have a poll for Song of the Week. Um, Thanksgiving is almost upon us. We do intend to get back to a schedule of doing two of these a week from next week. Uh, but for now... I hope you've enjoyed this edition because we haven't done one in uh, quite a while. But I feel like for anything that we could have discussed during the time that we were away, we definitely prioritized the correct stories. Yeah, piss. Adele, I, piss. Yeah, okay. Now I need to pee, so we're finishing. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>